History Under Pressure, innovation in its finest hour. This is the Oil & Gas Technology Podcast, where sharp minds reveal the brilliance and sheer determination turning great ideas into new realities. Hear about how it happens in real life with your host, Michael O'Sullivan. The views of the host are expressly his own and should not be construed as the views of any other corporation, consortium, governing body, or interplanetary federation. So it says here, uh, let's see, a forex hedge. How many? All right, folks. How many? Uh, how many of you are familiar with something called a forex hedge? Or I think sometimes people say FX hedge. Um, you know, one of the things that we forget about sometimes in this industry because we're so focused on the drilling and and, and the fun part, right? Is um, you know the part where like you get mud on your boots and like we think about that a lot, but uh, but. Uh, Oil and gas, especially the bigger companies, this is a big multinational. Um, you know, it's an it's an international business. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of other interesting things going on uh, besides uh, besides the actual like getting the hydrocarbons out of the ground. And I'm reading here. Um, so this is in. Uh, I've got my trusty iPad Pro uh, pointed at Investopedia, uh, which is one of my favorite places to go. Uh, when I want to learn about something in the financial world that I don't know what it is. And it says here, a Forex hedge is a transaction implemented to protect an existing or anticipated position from an unwanted move in exchange rates. Exchange rates. So this is something that we don't always think about this. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in our usual programs where talking about technology, but uh, see what else does it say? Uh, Forex hedges are used uh, by a broad range of market participants, uh, including traders, investors, and businesses. Uh, that would be us. Uh, by using a Forex hedge properly, an individual who is, a, who is long a foreign currency pair or expecting to be in the future via transaction uh, can be protected from downside risk. Alternatively, if you're short, uh, then you can be protected against upside risk uh, in the future. So uh, why, why you might ask, is he reading about Forex edges today? And um, it's not as random as it sounds because we're actually going to be talking about the financial side of the business and something called treasury uh, and, uh, and financial supply chain. And it's kind of an interesting thing because, like I said, usually when we talk about oil and gas tech, we tend to focus on the operational stuff. But today we're going to do something a little different. I got, some, I got, I got a couple of guys from a company that's doing some really, uh, really cool stuff in this area. But first... Uh, Oh, yeah, what am I supposed to... Oh, yeah, well, this is the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. You know that. I was supposed to mention that. So, welcome, folks, to the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. Uh, this is episode number something. I don't know what it's going to be, but um, but it's great to have you all listening. Uh, you might have noticed that uh, I think maybe I missed an episode uh, one week because... Uh, and if you were listening, if you were following along, there was one or two episodes where I said, um, my voice sounds a little funny because I'm not 100%. And then all of a sudden, boy, was I not 100%. So, uh, so I apologize that, that we missed one, but we're back on track now. And, of course, this is being brought to you by our very good friends at Cognite, right here on the Oil & Gas Global Network, which is the most to listen to, the largest, the biggest, the most wonderful uh, network of podcasts aimed specifically at the oil and now energy 
industries. We are embracing the energy. Uh, we're still very pro oil and gas. Make no mistake. There's uh, like don't even make no mistake about that. But um, but we got to look at some of this other stuff, which is why we just recently launched a uh, new show called Low Carbon Solutions. In fact, the, probably the last episode before this one that you heard was when I had the host of Low Carbon Solutions on, and we talked about his new show, Mr. Joe Batier. And that show is launched now. It's it's off and running. I think he's got six episodes out. You should check it out. It is in the OGGN channel on uh, Apple Podcasts for those of you um, – who are for the Apple people and for you Spotify people, there's no channel, but you can find it. Low Carbon Solutions, hosted by Joe Batier. Uh, I want to say a little bit more about Cognite. I came up short on that just a minute ago. Cognite is the sponsor of this show. They make it all possible. We love them for that. And um, and I'm serious, folks. Like without the sponsors, these shows don't happen. So please show our sponsors some love and uh, go have a look at Cognite.com or more specifically makedatadomore.cognite.com. And I am telling you, these people are making data do more. It's, it's, it's in that fun part that we talk about. It's industrial data. And, and they're doing amazing things. They're partnering with people all over the industry. So check out Cognite. And by the way, uh, Cognite is now uh, offering, uh, we got this, this free giveaway, which we are giving away for free. Well, we're not. Cognite is, and it's a really cool. Uh, it's a really cool bag. It's uh, if you look at the show notes for the show, you should see a picture of it. Hopefully, um, it's kind of a gear bag or a go bag, if you will, and uh, it's a really nice one. And so all you have to do, if you want to uh, take a crack at winning one of these beauties, is just go to the link that's in the show notes, uh, which happens to be content.cognite.com slash O-G-G-N giveaway. You fill out a little form, you give a little information, you know, it's nothing personal, it's nothing terrible. You send in the form, and, uh, and maybe you win one. So give it a shot. All right, enough of that. It is time to move on to our guests today. And uh, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about something a little different, treasury, financial stuff. Yes, yes, digital transformation can also come to the back office in oil and gas. And that is, and, and there's real value in it, by the way. It's not, just, it's not just about making things shiny and new, but there is actual real business value. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the OGGN Spotlight, Findroid's own Mr. Rob Vampire and James Flint. All right, welcome back, folks. After that uh, exciting musical interlude, as promised, I have two fantastic guests today uh, joining um, from the far reaches of the world. Uh, in, 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 we're all in the remote configuration today, so we're not we're not all sitting together at the fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston. Where, of course, you know we love to record podcasts, but we are we're all far away from each other. So we're gonna we're gonna try to have a nice. Uh, natural conversation here, even though we can't uh, we can't see each other, and we're in completely different time zones. But I do have, um, so I have, two, I have two people, both from a company, and this is such a cool name, Findroids is the name of the company. I'm going to let them explain to you what it is. But I have uh, Rob Vampire, and Rob, I forgot to ask you before we started how to say your name. So did I say it correctly? That was absolutely spot on. <laughs> Okay, excellent. And you're and you're uh, you're beaming in all the way from the far reaches of Northern Europe, uh, in Zurich, I, I believe. Yeah, I'm based in, in Switzerland. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's is it? So it's summer there now, right? Is that absolutely? Uh, or, or is summer over? Summer's coming to an end, but it's still uh, nice and warm. So like what? Okay. So what is warm exactly? Well, not as warm as you'll probably have it in Houston, but yeah. Uh, you know, soon like, I need to do this conversion. Uh, 
Yeah. So you're are you like are you like 18, 20 degrees, something like that? Uh, yeah, just above that. I would say today we were sixty-eight Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah, that's winter for us, but okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's like if it gets below that, then I don't even want to be outside at all ever. Um, so, so good. All right. So, Rob, um, let me uh, let, let me come back to you in just a second. Let me uh, introduce James, and then we'll do a little bit about who you guys are. We also have James, and James, I forgot to ask you. I know your last name is Flint. I know how to pronounce that's that. Right. But, yeah. but do I say the MJ in the middle? Is that part of the no, thing? Or no, do we, no, no, you don't have to do that. Okay, um, so it's just James. So if you look James up on LinkedIn, you'll see uh, James MJ, which, by the way, are my initials, MJ O'Sullivan. Uh, so James Flint. Also okay, yeah, got Mad- Mad- Maddox in the middle, which, if you pronounce it badly, sounds like Mad Dogs. And then, um, so I've got James Maddox. John Flint is the full, the full Monty. Yeah, excellent, excellent. All right, so all right, now let's let's do a little bit. Um, um, I want to uh, let's talk about you a little bit, James, first, and then we'll come back t- to Rob because then he can also tell the story about how he founded his company. But um, and 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 James is joining us from a from an unspecified location in Latin America, and uh, um, and and I know that you've been with Findroids just for a short while. You, you joined up recently, but I know you've worked for a bunch of different small software innovators, and um, and you've been around this space, uh, which, you know, by the way, we're going to be talking about uh, uh, treasury and financial supply chain. So what else? Like, what, what about your ba- – and I, I saw something about you actually have a degree in logistics and supply chain management, right? That's right. So yeah. so what else? What else do you want people to know uh, jack, before we get jack, started? Jack, jack of all trades and uh, yeah. master of none, as they say. But uh, <laughs> That means you must be in sales, basically. Um, so, long story short, I mean, I, I, we moved down to the southwest of England when I was a teenager. My dad bought a farm there. Um, uh-huh. That wasn't the life for me, I really, in, in a way. A lot of my friends also left for London, but I left for Europe and then really didn't look back. And uh, I've run my own business in Central Europe um, and then been in sales for the last five or six years um, as right. export manager, you know, um, and also now through to oil and gas tech for a while where um, I was involved in um, prospecting for technology that is involved in directional drilling. And the idea yeah. is to bring gamification to that so that you just have a heads up display and you can literally guide the drill as if it were a video game, as if it were a drone. Um, so, and into, I guess, measurement as a service, um, edge computing, uh, the internet of things and all that, bringing that to the oil field um, to take out uh, some of the um, heavy burden of Excel spreadsheets that get clogged up in the uh, informational supply. <laughs> they do show up everywhere, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, no, there's still a lot of it's. Uh, there's a lot of that going. A lot of really good work going on in those areas. Still, um, you're probably. I'm sure you're familiar with our friends over at Corva. They've been doing some amazing things with the with the drilling automation. And there's lots of the edge. The edge stuff is exploding. But I'm yeah. actually. Um, but that's one reason why I'm happy uh, I, that we're doing this episode today because we're going to because here on the tech show um, and also on Digital Doers, whenever we talk about this modern stuff in oil and gas, people do kind of like to flock around those operational things that you mentioned. But there's huge opportunity uh, in other parts of the business, so um, so I'm glad that we're talking about that today. And and so that that's that's what Findroids is about. And Rob. Um, you you start so you started this company a few years ago, right? Is that that was uh, 
that you and a couple of other people, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We started with uh, three three guys in 2017, um, and maybe you know just as a background, so I can also highlight why why we started it. So I've yeah, been that, working... that's the the real key. Always, it's always yeah, the interesting part is why did you do it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We sometimes still wonder, but no, no, no. We know very <laughs> fairly well why we did it, and it's you know it's good to see that it's coming to fruition. So I've been working, you know, with, with, with cash and treasury. So that, that basically means, you know, financial flows within, within corporations from, um, from, an oper- from an operational perspective and from a, from a consultancy perspective. Right, right. And so what we've, what we've, and we've, we've done that, you know, with, with large corporations around, around the world in different verticals. And what we've seen is that when, you know, when they implement these, these gigantic ERP systems to run their, financial processes that typically only covers like 60 to 80 percent of what they want so they spend you know tons of money to get this very heavy system that you know does great work but doesn't really cover everything they want right and you know we thought that's what you hire consultants for to come in and build all the stuff that the erp system doesn't have right i mean that's exactly absolutely absolutely right we all made tons of money doing that back when uh (laughs) the erp systems were (laughs) rolling out so anyway so go ahead sorry no, no, absolutely. And so we thought, you know, why don't we, why don't we start a company that, that, that fixes that or tries to fix that within a specific area? Mm-hmm. Because earlier we said, you know, we, we understand business and we understand technology and we bring both as a consultant. But, you know, in 2021, you can't really say that anymore. You know, if I'm, if I'm walking around in, in a city that I've never, never been and I'm looking for a restaurant, you know, am I, am I using technology or am I just downloading an app trying to find a restaurant? You know, it's, these two, these things are so integrated. So we yeah, started sure. FinDroids because you know we call it financial droids. You know, a bit of bit of Star Wars history there. Right, um, right. But that's uh, you know that's that that was basically it. Where we said you know with all this money being spent, we companies should be able to cover what they really want and not only sixty to eighty percent. So that's that's why we started. Okay. Okay. Good. So um, and and, uh, and just for the benefit of our of our listeners. Um, the, we are not, what we are not talking about today is a like bunch of like cool robots running around your back <laughs> office, pushing people out of their chairs <laughs> and doing stuff. Right. So we're not as fun. I mean, that would be a fun conversation, but, um, but that's not it. So we are talking about, um, financial, you mentioned treasury, right? Mm-hmm. Financial. Mm-hmm. I think James mentioned mentioned financial supply chain. Um, let's so let's just set the stage a little bit because we do as I as I as I said earlier. I think um, we have people people kind of listen to the show from all walks of the industry. Um, lots of people are familiar with regular supply chain management because it hits so many different operational areas. Um, some of this financial stuff isn't always like. Uh, like it's a little bit behind the scenes for some folks. So what are the kinds of, so the people that you're helping to fix what the ERP system doesn't do for them, like who are these people and what are they, what are they trying to accomplish on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Either one of you, you guys are friends, so I don't have to like moderate your conversation. Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) So, so I think to, you know, to, to get started on easy ways, you know, it's, it's great to do the drilling. It's great to get the oil out, but, in the end, you know, we all want to make money, right? So sure. when you think about any corporate, there will be incoming flows, hopefully, and there's going to be a lot of outgoing flows, and especially yeah, yeah. on 
yeah. those outgoing go a lot or often in the beginning and then the inflows come later. But, you know, if you think about a very simple in and out, so payments, receivables, that's where it starts. And then, you know, typically within oil and gas, these are these are major corporations. They would have flows in different currencies in different countries. They would have them, you know, mm-hmm. diff- different locations, sure. different people across the world working on similar flows. So th- those are the kind of flows that we work with. Got you. Got you. Um, okay. So what are the, um, so I, I, I guess, I guess what you're saying is that those people who work on all, so that's a pretty complex, you know, that depending on the size of the company, that could be pretty complex stuff. Um, those people, it's not all like, it's not all sunshine and roses for them. Like this is not <laughs> like they have, like they have some, some struggles. And James, I know that, you know, so you've already said how you've scouted out different, um, bits of, uh, uh, of technology for the industry. So you, so you must have an eye for saying, Hey, that looks like it could solve a big problem over here. Um, so what is it that you saw? Like, what's the magic that you see that the, the, says the key, the key thing yeah. Michael, uh, that Fendroids I think is addressing here is the global nature of business. And often, obviously with oil and gas, it's, um, dealing with far flung corners of the globe. Um, you know, often in politically difficult circumstances, etc. So we all know about that in the right. field. Um, now, what the great thing about the technology that's out there with ERP systems is you can start to centralize all that. And Findroids was born out of SAP, SAP, like a legacy system, because yeah. before that, there's like 40 years of consultancy experience in SAP behind it. But this sure. is what I love about, I love about Findroids is they've gone away and thought, hang on, how can we do this differently? Just like any fintech, how can we be a disruptor? You know, within that space and how they've done that, they've gone to a product focus so that you're struggling to get visibility across your end to end financial supply chain from Algeria all the way over to Nigeria and back again to the States. Well, the great thing is you can send our little robots off to go and do their work and bring all the information back together, collate it, clean it up and get it presented into a, into a visualized format on an interactive dashboard. For example, just to give you uh, an insight there. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it. So, um, and you mentioned uh, before, I think it was before we turned on uh, the microphones um, or before we started recording, um, it, it, somebody said something about, you know, the people who are suffering in the back room with a spreadsheet. Um, <laughs> so we have we have people suffering with spreadsheets all over the industry, um, like nobody's exempt, like, like geologists, engineers, right? Like everybody's <laughs> suffering with spreadsheets. What's the kind of, what's the kind of suffering that people are doing, uh, you know, typically in this, in, in this world? Your group treasurer is doing batch reporting. So he's calling up all these offices and he's getting end of month or end of quarter reports. Right. And then right. He, lo- he loses track very easily because someone will say, Hey, sorry, Bob, I, I got and messed up that spreadsheet and they'll send you another one. And before you know it, you, you, you've got spreadsheet help. Yeah. And yeah. Trying to address by by getting the bots to do all of that and automate yeah. it so that you can use your human capital to to use their gray matter uh, rather than just be grinding away with data input and and getting stressed. So that we're trying to do we're trying to do that in an environment now with COVID, with post Putin and OPEC failing to do the deal. You know, it, it caused them a <laughs> re- you know a rethink in the yeah. industry. Well, this is where yeah. we can bring in really slick economies of scale um, to the business uh, in the back office. It's funny you mention that because uh, people uh, 
people kind of forget about like right before the COVID thing happened, there was this other problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> that we, that kind of got uh, kind of got covered up. Yeah, and we weren't, and to, you know, let's be honest, we weren't really completely hadn't come back from 2014, 2015, and all that that had happened. And that was what was already beginning to drive some of this need for modernization that we're, we're finding, you know, where the companies, a lot of companies were saying, okay, well, we've done everything we can to tighten our belts to try to improve our, the, the value in our, of our deployed capital. And like, we've, we've used all the mechanical methods that we can use. Now we're going to have to do like, look at some of this, some of this new technology. So, it, so it's, it's good opportunity. Um, and I think Rob, didn't you say you started the company in 2017, right? Absolutely, 2017, and I think yeah, so that was the right time. That was when people started getting serious about. Well, I guess we better look at this digital transformation stuff because we were running out of tricks for how to like optimize the business, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it was you know digitalization first, and then came you know RPA for robotics process automation. And back you know back then those words were you know when when we mentioned them we had to explain them, and now they're a bit old fashioned, so to say. But but also there, I mean, we've clearly seen an acceleration. Mm-hmm. With uh, with COVID and Corona, and if I think about, you know, on the one hand, so for example, you have all of a sudden people need need to stay home, and they need to, you know, the, the, they need to do the same work, but from home. They can't they can't meet in a meeting room and you know exchange spreadsheets or lean over the table and start comparing things. So that's that's been a key driver for yeah. improved automation, and you know the whole the whole background of the connected worker and, you know, can we, can we make right. sure that people can do the same work and they be as efficient remotely? That's one thing. The other thing, of course, is that, you know, God forbid people actually get a serious disease like, like COVID or they're out for a while, you know, some yeah. of the work still needs to happen. And what typically happens is that, you know, within this space, organizations have been slimmed down. They're pretty lean. So they don't really have, the extra capacity to to take long term, or to have, they don't have long term redundancy, right? So that's right. also, you know, our robots they don't get sick. You know, every once in a while they, they do an upgrade, but maybe that takes you know, <laughs> five seconds, right? Right. right. <laughs> so, so 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 that's that that has really that has really helped. And and I think last year they they coined the the term of hyper automation, where they say you know anything that can be automated should just be op- automated. And quite frankly, not just not just because it makes business sense, but I also think for the individuals working with it, you know, there's yeah. so much more interesting things. So if we get, if we get the simple things automated, these people don't, they they can focus on on where the decision, you know, the decisions lie, and they can start analyzing things. And I think that's where it's more interesting to them, and there's a bigger value add. So do you see that that's really um, true? And I ask this because um, we mentioned we mentioned. Uh, uh, you, you know, you, we, we talked about being in consulting and mm-hmm. I, um, cause I, like I spent all of my formative years in my career in the, in the consulting world. And we used to use that as, uh, all the time when we would try to convince people to do these projects that they probably weren't going to do unless I was there trying to convince them. And, um, and we would always say that, right? We would say, well, if you, uh, if you put this uh, solution in place, then it's going to free your people up to do more important things. But like, we were never really sure what those more important things were. It just always sounded like a really good justification. And, and I always used to wonder like, does anybody ever really do any more important things now that we've simplified the easy stuff? So, so do you see that that is really, um, um, that your customers are, are actually saying, yes, like 
like I've been liberated. I can actually work on more important. Like I actually know how to work on more important things than whatever it was that used to suck up all my time. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. That, no, so I, there's I, one correct answer to this question, Rob, but, <laughs> but I'd really like to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's only one, one, but you know, if, if I just say yes, nobody's going to believe me anyway. So, yes. <laughs> right. But I like, mean, like give an example, like what, like what do you, what do you, what do you yeah, see people doing? Yeah. No, no, exactly. And, you know, in, you know, in my consulting years, you're absolutely right. We, we put that forward, but, but we, we do see it because also there, what we, you know, one thing is that in a, in a steady state, you can argue what extra work should be done. If it's really important, it should have been done anyway, right? But right. I think, especially in this industry as well, if we see the turbulence in the market, if we see, you know, you know, sanctions, the changes of sanctions, who can you deal with? Yes and no. You know, what is going on in the world? There's, there's so much happening that the treasurer and a, and a CFO need yeah. to take into account that they just don't, by the time, you know, when they identify a new need, by the time they've hired somebody and trained somebody to take care of it, you know, the need is almost foregone or at least has been changed. So, you know, they just don't have the time. They need to keep that flexibility. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I'm I think that, that really matters. And and one thing that I, that I really want to highlight here is, is the aspect of real time. You know, when we, when you order mm. a taxi or when you order food, you, you expect that to happen, you know, within minutes. Yeah. Within yeah. within large corporations, when we think about a large corporations getting a clear view on their cash, that sometimes takes hours, if not longer. Yeah. yeah. And it might be difficult to believe, but that's tr- in 2021 still the case. I actually was expecting you to say maybe even days, yeah, because um, mm-hmm. and this is a big problem in this industry that we that we struggle with in all the various disciplines, which is we have we produce so much data, we have so much data, it's kept in so many different ways, places and formats and things that anytime anybody wants to make a really good decision, of course, it requires analysis of some data and and you know eighty percent or more of whatever the the cycle time is on that decision is typically typically gets sucked up in just like finding the right data and putting it together in the right way and, and working like that's like that's the big part of it doesn't matter whether you're in the middle of you know uh, uh operations or back off or wherever you are like that's usually the case right so what you're talking about is is i can i can skip over the part that usually takes up all the time and i can get to the actual decision making Exactly, exactly. And I also make sure that when I get, I mean, it's so recognizable what you say, because by the time you get all the data gathered, half of it is outdated. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, well, that's the best yeah, you can get. So that's what you need so to do. So now you're talking about correct data, which is like a whole nother. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. A whole nother, so, whole nother problem. Yeah, so it's the combination, I think, of, of both speed and reliability, because often they, they conflict, right? Either you get the data fast or you get the data reliable. And and I think that, to me, is a key benefit of, of doing the automation, that Got you it. can combine those two. Right. Okay, so this is the tech show. So we like to talk about technology, but I, I always hate to talk about tech just like in a vacuum. So we've covered the business context. Let's say somebody says, so you got these robots that aren't like really robots, but they're robots. And, um, and so let's say I work in one of these depart- treasury departments and my boss comes and tells me, uh, guess what? Good news. Uh, I was talking to James and Rob. They convinced me to buy this stuff that they have. It's going to be here tomorrow. So like now what happens like how does my what 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 how does my world look tomorrow when i and 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 how do things uh how, how do i get this like implemented and and start using it 
Well, right now, you're probably in a position in, in a cash management office, if you're in a managerial position, you're feeling pulled every which way in another because you've just got too much pressure on um, with real-time payment revolution that's already happened now with, with Corona. Yeah, sure, um, sure. It's just too much data for a human mind to absorb. So you're still trying to play catch-up. That's not cool because you've got the CFO coming down and saying, I want to know, um, like yesterday, what's going on in you know Malaysia, whatever. They want to stop yeah. snap in real time. So really, we've gone from being an alchemist with a crystal ball, then you've gone through to having the old sort of Charlie <laughs> Chaplin style black and white, and then you've gone to Polaroid, then you've gone to video, and now we've got a GoPro where you can actually see and live stream what is happening in the business and shed light yeah. on every single corner. So that should be liberating. It's not about downsizing. This is about um, um, you know labor. Yeah, sure. Taking over people's jobs. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, no, sure. So, but but in terms of the tech itself, like, what does it look like, and how do I like what's no. what's the cool part? Like, how do I how do I use this thing? And, Plug and, and play. How does it get out of the box? Yeah. It's a product. That's that's part of our innovation. Um, all these years has all been about consulting. So you get a guy in, he borrows your Rolex, he tells you what time it is with your Rolex, gives it you back, and then you're like, well, what's the time? Um, we don't do that we, we've gone away for four years with the rolex made just summed the, up the entire consulting business yeah, we, made, we made the rolex. simple analogy we've made, we've made 100 applications uh michael that can yeah. plug and play between three days and 21 days now you compare that to a typical consultancy project which starts out being three months and goes on to nine Right. So how do I get it hooked up to my data? I mean, that, that can't, this can't be trivial, right? Like you, Rob, it sounds too good to be true, no? <laughs> yeah, it does sound what, too good to be true. And in a way, I think that was one of our, you know, also mindset-wise, right? When we started the company, that was one of our biggest mindset shift, shifts. Because yeah. as a consultant, you, in a way, want your project to last longer because, you you know, you're... you're yeah, no, that's more, great. Right? But, right. If you can't solve the problem, there's good money to be made in making it last longer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, right. but with the software, it's the other <laughs> way around. And that's also why it took us four years, because, you know, yeah. in a way we have we have different competitions. Right. Typically, when we talk to companies, they, everybody finds it interesting. But then you get the first objection where they say, yeah, but, you know, this is an SAP. This this is so such a heavy system. It's going to take us a long time. So we had to make it easy. You know, again, if I made a comparison to, to the phone, you know, you find something interesting, you download the app. Then, of course, you, depending on the app, you need to make some adjustments, right? If I, I want to order takeout, I need to put in my address, I need to put in my preferences, maybe my credit card. Mm-hmm. Since we talk about financial process, it's a bit more complicated, the data that needs to be put in. But also there, what we, what we realized early on is that we're not competing only again we're not only competing against other automations like the robots you call we're also competing against habits so what was key to us is to make this very easy to understand you know it's it's yeah. it's like a joke right if you need to explain it we probably didn't do, do a good job yeah and, sure, and little, sure little fun story there so so our chief design officer he actually has a background in making movies and that was was very okay. interesting because he's very visual, right? And he has a, you know, sure. most of us are finance or tech. And he had a very different angle where he says, you know, I need to have this in one shot. Guys, if you can't put it in one shot, it's not good enough. So that, that really helps. So mm. to your point, what can I see tomorrow? Hopefully, you know, if, if my manager comes and implements it, hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll gain some joy where a lot of these frustrating processes turn into very appealing, you know, v- visual uh, visual tools that I can do work with and I can do, you know, I can run analysis, I can do scenarios and so on. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I like that. You got to get it all in one shot. That should be incorporated into like like UX design mm-hmm. principles. Um, uh, so, all right, so so brass tacks. I mean, because one of the things that's so difficult in this industry is even even though every even if you're using the same software platform, the same data platform, people don't necessarily all you know from one SAP implementation to the next the way that they have the data configured isn't always the same, right? So mm-hmm. um, so if you're coming in and you're with Findroids and you got to tap into, like presumably, like you've worked out where I come to SAP and I got to I gotta kind of tap into the data here, 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 here. Is there enough consistency in the implementations from one, like, like because I, I gotta believe there's not a lot of consistency, right? So, so how do you how do you deal with that that variation so that you can get people up and running very quickly and not have to have a con- whole consulting project just to detangle how you're storing your SAP mm-hmm. data so that we can hook our thing up to? It? Yeah. yeah, no, that's a very good point, and I think there, <laughs> is, there, is, there, is, there is there a good answer to that because otherwise we'll, yeah, we'll yeah, cut well, this part, we'll we, cut this part we, out if there's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we hope so because because as you say, it's it's critical, right? Because it doesn't ha- it doesn't help to have this fantastic tool where the the data just doesn't get in, or the data that gets in is not reliable, right? Or it's like six no. months, and I don't even remember why we're doing this project anymore, right? Because, exactly. So, so we're no. still fiddling around. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's where that's where the the the, the history of consultant consulting did benefit us because you know we've been working within this space for a long long time, so we right. figured out that although there are Although there are differences, you know, sometimes you can call variations. Sometimes they're truly different ways different, of using the same system. Companies for the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there's only so many scenarios, and so what we have what we have tried mm. to do in the apps that we make is to cover the different potential scenarios, and then the the, the company that yeah. starts using the tool, they can highlight, they can choose which scenario is uh, is applicable to them. And we tried to make that, again, back to the movie, we tried to make that understandable in a way that you don't need an IT certificate to, no. to get it. If you understand your business, you should be able to right. fill out or complete this. You, we, we got like a mapping process where you sort of mm-hmm. just tick box. Because it's when you think about it, what, what Rob's just said about the scenarios being the same, but then the jargon and the lingo being different, but it's yeah. pretty much 80-20 Pareto split. There's going to be that 20%, which is unique to your business. But pretty much in finance, it doesn't matter the vertical. You know, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, charge early and, and pay late and um, keep your liquidity. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. No, it's, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. So, so um, and, then, and then you mentioned, uh, James, you mentioned how many applications that you have on the front end? Uh, we're up to 100 now. When I started, uh-huh. so, um, it's, it's 76, and now we're up to 100. So is that like a hundred of your own, or is this kind of like an ecosystem that people are contributing applications to the to the? Platform? I think it's all part of the. Uh, well, it's using a really hackneyed analogy, and I apologize, but you know how they they've got this thing Dell pioneered called mass customization. Right, Basically, right, right. You can mix like when you're a kid and you went and got um, boiled sweets at the corner shop. Well, yeah. <laughs> When you and I were kids, yes. You can pick and mix. And so you can do the same here. And that's, I think, where the 100 apps come in. You're going to have a blend of um, apps for your own needs. And that's what we're trying to do there. Got you. So so we, we must be talking about like a very modular front end, right? That you can, yeah. that you can very quickly configure uh, yeah, you, different. You set your own KPIs. Um, as you, as you yeah, 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 yeah. 
cool. All right, good. Well, uh, all right, I'm 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 sold. You guys, you convinced me. Goodbye. <laughs> so, um, but you are seeing, um, and like you said, this is this is a very common set of objectives across many different industries. Um, but uh, but this is the oil and gas tech show, so we don't care about the other industries. So, uh, what you're seeing, um, what we do, that's actually not. That's actually not completely true, but um, but you're seeing uh, this this is making a difference for people, right? So, like like presumably you've been at it for a few years, um, and and you're seeing people say uh, like have it like measurable results in their business, right? Yeah. Also, hopefully, yes. Answer to this question. We, we, we took just as a recent case study, we took um, um, the Treasury Department, the Cash Management Department of a global uh, chemicals giant and we saved um, only only in the in the um, FX hedging area of the business three million um, euros within the first 12 months which obviously so that's not paid, that's paid not hand, over, hand over fist paid for what they'd invested in in the product yeah 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 I would think only so. in that area only in that area alone and that's without yeah. mentioning what 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 you know the, the joy you get of being able to make reports in 10 minutes instead of 10 hours yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, so 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 that's real money, right? That's that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. that's real money. It's yeah. absolutely real money. We yeah, won the Adam Smith, Adam Smith Award, which is like the Emmys. Oh yeah, yeah. You, know, the yeah, you mentioned that. And 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 we did that in, in partnership with a, a big company over in Northern Europe. Now maybe so, we can wrap up on that one. I don't. I don't I mean, yeah, that that'd be a good place, and then we'll talk about how do people learn more about about what you're doing. But but yeah, so talk. let's talk about uh, award. So it's the award-winning Findroids software. So oh, yeah. so, talk, so what's that all about? How, how, how did you, how did you uh, win this illustrious award? Yeah, and I think the irony for us is that it's it's with one of our easier tools. <laughs> so we, okay. we, we spent years making, you know, making sophisticated stuff. And then the, the first award that we win is actually with something as easy as real-time reporting and reconciliation. So what it does is when, when a transaction hits the bank account of our client, that transaction hits their ERP system and it can be within seconds. So it's, first of all, it's much the it's no longer the bank deciding when the corporate gets the update of how much money there is on their bank account and which transactions have happened it's the corporate pulling that information so that's yeah. number one and number right. two is it's the speed is it's literally seconds you know we've done tests where you know we sent out a payment and got it back within i think it was seven seconds you know that's that's remarkable. pretty fast yeah. i would say within an erp space yeah yeah, so good. So congrats. Uh, so and that what was the name of the, the award again? Adam something. Adam Smith. Adam Smith. So who's Adam Smith? Is that famous is that, uh, economist? Yeah. Ah, okay. So you can see I'm a little out of my depth once we get into this uh, to this uh, to that world. Adam Smith. Adam Smith, uh, a guy who wrote The Wealth of Nations, and he's the guy that developed. Oh, that. yeah. Of you, can, you, you can sell yeah. wool. You, the typical story he came up with is you sell a bunch of English wool. To the Portuguese, and they'll give you some nice port uh, or brandy in exchange. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, of course. Well, yeah, I know who he is. Of course, of course. All right. Well, excellent. Well, this is actually a good place to uh, wrap up uh, because it's uh, it's the average. They tell me this is the average length of a uh, of a commute 
uh, or a workout or uh, something else. I can't remember. So we don't want to we don't want to go too much past this. Um, or people will uh, change the dial. However, uh, if people want to learn more about what you guys are doing, about uh, wh wh where do they look? Obviously, you have a website, right? Yeah, exactly. Website, FinDroids. So financial, it stands for financial droids. And if you share that yeah. to FinDroids.com, that's yeah, where you'll yeah. find us. F-I-N-D-R-O-I-D-S. Right. So we'll put, a, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. We'll also link to you guys in your... Um, uh, your LinkedIn profiles and, uh, and I think that's, that's going to wrap it up. So, um, James Flint and Rob Vampir, thank you for making time today. And I know we had to, we had to pull this together across multiple time zones. So I appreciate you guys being available. Hey, thanks for having us. Really great to, to meet you, um, digitally. And thank you very much, Michael. Hopefully we can get to the Canon one day. Yeah. You guys get to Houston and we will definitely, we'll give you the whole Canon treatment. So sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks. thanks All right. Take care. Take care. Well, there you go, folks. Robots running around the treasury. You could say you heard it first right here on the Oil & Gas Tech Podcast. Uh, cool stuff, though. And it's great to hear about, um, you know, innovation coming to all the different parts of the business uh, to make it all run better and more profitable and more, more healthy and safe and all the good things that we're supposed to be doing for the industry. We're doing them everywhere. So thanks again to those guys for uh, uh, Rob and James for, for that great story. Uh, a couple things I got to say, of course, of course, a couple things I got to say before we wrap up. First of all, thanks again to our sponsor Cognite. Uh, you know, I, I say this all the time, but we our, we love our sponsors not just because of the financial support, although we do need that, but uh, they're all doing great things for the industry, and so Cognite is no different. So check out what they're doing. Also, we also rely on on people like you getting involved uh, and and carrying the torch and supporting the cause and all those good things. So a uh, great way to do that is to join the OGGN Street Team, which you can do by going to uh, LinkedIn and joining the OGGN Street Team. I mean, it's as simple as that. You just got to find the group, which is very easy. You look for look for it, you know, you know how to find groups on LinkedIn. Look for OGGN, look for Street Team. Uh, easy peasy. I think there's also a, a link uh, in the show notes for that, but you can get involved. Uh, we got a new leader for the Street Team. Uh, I, I, I think I've been told we have a new leader. So um, it, it's, it's a fantastic... Uh, group of people. You don't have to be in Houston. Uh, it doesn't have to be the Houston streets. It could be any streets. And uh, so get involved. And there's all kinds of cool things that you can do uh, to help us out and do good things for the industry. And let's face it, it's time to get out from behind those Zoom calls and do something else. Uh, also, uh, while you're at it, you can go look at OGGN.com and find out about all the other... I know that you love this podcast, but if you love this one, there's a whole bunch of other ones that OGGM puts out that, uh, I mean, we are, we are a network of podcasts. And so by definition, there's more. So go to OGGN.com, uh, you know, tap the little thing that says podcast. You'll see all the podcasts. You see pictures of all of our smiling hosts. You can even read their little bios, which have interesting tidbits about each person. And now you're not going to want to listen there. You know, you're going to want to link out to, to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you use. But uh, OGGN.com is a good way to learn about all the podcasts. Also, uh, what you what you might learn about, and this is this is for you folks who are in Houston, or you know, I know a lot of you travel to Houston regularly. So if you if you happen to be in Houston on the last Thursday of any given month, you can come to the OGGN Happy Hour, 
which is kind of an industry mixer. You get to get to hang out with other people in the industry. You know, it's not a big thing, right? It's like a hundred people, maybe hundred and fifty at the most, and but but enough to enough to be interesting. And we also always have a great panel discussion uh, about something relevant to the industry. And so you can come out. There's uh, there's food. There's drinks uh, at the Cannon, the fabulous Cannon on the west side of Houston. Um, we, we we put out these Evite or Eventbrite. Eventbrite invitations, so you can sign up. You can show up at the door, whatever you want to do, and uh, um, we would love to have you there. That is going to wrap it up for today, folks. Uh, thanks again, as always, to our faithful listeners. If you like this show, I only there's just one thing I want you to do. Well, there's two things. There's two. Things. The first thing is I want you to keep listening. The second thing is tell somebody else about it so that they will know that this is worth their time. And uh, also remember, if you happen to be talking to one of these people who seems to be under the delusion that somehow oil and gas is not uh, up with the times and, uh, and keeping up with the, with the cool stuff, uh, just give them that history lesson that you have heard me say and remind them or explain to them that we were tech before tech was cool. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil and Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil and Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.